Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you witchy wonders. Welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah, and with me, as always, is the lovely, beautiful, fantastic Carla Wainwright. Wow, Leah. Thank you for that introduction. I'm <laughs> blushing. She is. You can't see it. <laughs> Before we dive into today's topic, um, we want to grow our audience. We love you guys so much, by the way. We're not like pushing all of you out of the way because without you, we wouldn't be here. But if you know a radical sex witch out there, pass on our information, get them to listen to this show and um, get them to drop us a line. We love you guys so much. We love the feedback that we've been getting from all of you. So yes, please help us spread the word. Um, in today's episode, we're going to share about how each of us kind of became our own radical sex witches. So how did we get into this? Carla, how did you, how did the witchy woo woo enter your everyday life? a really good question. I think that you probably like most of us, we were born this way <laughs> to quote Lady Gaga. <clears throat> and um, yeah, if I think back to my childhood, um, I was like the kid who was always a little weird, definitely into nature, definitely into like weird and wonderful and gross things and just had a fascination with um, the earth and the stars and the moon. And, uh, and I didn't really have anybody to talk to any of those about any of those things with, like, it was just sort of a fascination that I had, of course, like there's no internet, like no TikTok, no, none of that. And I just remember spending a huge amount of time in nature and with animals and, you know, feeling like I could even communicate with animals and just being so entranced by the natural world. And, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends. I was bullied in, in uh, elementary school. And so I think that, that having that ability to connect with nature and animals was kind of a savior for me because um, it was where I felt safe. It was where I felt like I could be myself, that I could connect with things and feel good. And so I feel like that, you know, interest in um, the planet and sort of what I thought at the time were the mysteries of life really put me on that track to, as I started to get older and, you know, going to the library and all of those sorts of things, like getting out books on witchcraft. And I've already told my story about going in New York city and, you know, finding that crazy witchcraft store, which I was definitely probably the only 14 year old in that store. And yeah, so I feel like I was just born that way. You know, it's a really good point. And I think the way that you described it is similar to me in terms of like being outside and playing. Like my very first place that I ever lived was rural Manitoba. Like you, it doesn't even, you can barely find it on a map, right? So being outside in nature and like having the biggest imagination ever, <laughs> you know, even like I'm making a potion with this mud and these rocks and these leaves. And, you know, you don't realize that that's setting a foundation for the future. And then as I got older, as I got into movies, oh my God, I'm, everyone knows I'm such a movie geek, but like seeing things like Willow, you know, anything that had something magical, like the dark crystal or labyrinth, anything like that, you wish to yourself like, fuck, I wish I had power. 
powers to do that. So, I mean, as children, it really plants that seed. And as I described in our very first episode, it wasn't until I was in high school until I found a novel about teen witches. And then that was it for me. And I was like, fuck it. I'm making my own book of spells. I'm going to start practicing spells. I'm going to do this. And like, I got really alarming results from my teens well into my early 20s. Um, stuff that I probably shouldn't have fucking done. <laughs> Like, okay, so it's either if you think of like our young adolescent selves, it's either about love or revenge of some sort, right? So I mean, as a young person, I did definitely practice like I did make a couple love spells. And guess what, boys and girls and baby witches out there, you don't fucking do that. Especially like if you don't know that person, because you could manifest a crazy motherfucker following you for a really long time. (laughs) From experience? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I'd be all of a sudden like, you know, I think it was in high school when I did the first one. And I remember it was like an apple and putting like needles inside the apple. I can't remember everything. And I fucking hung it at school even like, I don't even know how I got away with this shit, to be honest. And it was like this guy in band that I really liked. And I didn't think that anything happened, but then I graduated high school and I saw him in a nightclub once. And my girlfriend was like, Hey, she really had a crush on you in high school. And then he wouldn't leave me alone. I'm like, did it take all these years for the magic to work? You know, like, and he was just on me, man. And I was like, and at that time he didn't look so good. And I was like, mm, you know, when you make those questionable choices when you're younger and I was like, ah, sorry, Ted, um, I've got a boyfriend. <laughs> and there's been times too, where I've manifested other stuff with other, other men, per se. Like I do, do not do that anymore because it's usually the crazies. The crazies can hear you. The unstable people can hear you. And of course they're going to attract you like a magnet. So I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> it's it, really obviously good. right. Like mm-hmm. what were some of the first things that you tried? Um, well, what I was just going to say though, it's like the super importance of being very specific. Yes. With with magic and your intention, like always you have to be so specific because, you know, careful what you wish for. Right. And that little, little gap, the universe can, that you forgot to be specific on, they're going to give you that instead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just, as you're telling that story, I'm thinking, wow, I, you know, I didn't actually play with spells and things like that probably till I was in my twenties. And if I had done that when I was a teenager, I probably would have done things that are similar, you know, all my unrequited crushes and, you know, and then all of my revenge fantasies. Exactly. It's either romance or revenge from your teens to your twenties and you just shouldn't fucking do it. Totally. We've all seen the craft. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, No, I just did like weird stuff when I was, you know, in high school. So in in grade eight, we had a history fair and I've always been like obsessed with history. I love historical novels, um, all of that stuff. Like I'll read anything that has to do with history. And I've been like that since I was a kid. So we were supposed to dress as our our favorite historical figure. And um, so there was this big medieval banquet and I showed up as the Black Death. (laughs) With all the princesses and princesses, totally wenches and inrolls, yep. Carla's black death. Yep. I, <laughs> I had this like cape with fringe, and I made this elaborate black mask, and that did not help with my friend problem. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I would have been your friend. I'd be like, that girl is so up my alley. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have been great if we'd been at high school together because unfortunately, no, no one really got me. Um, yeah. So I was just more into doing kind of like weird stuff like that. But <clears throat> when I got older, um, yeah, I started to be more interested in spells. Although I'll, I haven't done a ton of spell work. I'm kind of interested in it and I'll, and I'll, you know, I'm really interested in ritual, but not necessarily in crafting specific spells. Um, yeah. So I think like, as I got to be in my twenties, like being more interested in herbs and like, what were the, you know, the qualities and the powers and how do you put those things together? And um yeah, becoming more and more interested in the natural world. And then of course, like interested in crystals. And I mean, you know, it's kind of bonkers. They're everywhere in my house. Me too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And that's kind of how it's evolved for me as like, I'm 43. Now I don't do spells for me, especially like hanging out with people like you and our other friend, um, Ashley Provencher, who runs Golden Rays Apothecary and Wellness. Like it's all like intention setting and manifestation. And of course I love my crystals and whatnot. And there are those things, but most of what I'm thinking about, it's in my brain and I'm not physically like, you know, <laughs> Wapiti pan, daru, daru, you will love me and I will love you. Like I don't fucking, I don't do that shit anymore. I just don't. It's all intention setting and, and, you know, in specific times of like moon phases, times of the year, like the solstice, solstices, equinoxes, etc. So I'm very low key now and spiritual that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say, well, I'm probably a combination. So, you know, I'm an intention setting every day. I connect with the earth every single day. Um, I do some kind of ritual. I have a tree that I really feel very connected to. I, I've, I maybe I've said this already, but I've put like all of these semi-precious stones in her bark, which are like her clitorises and I leave her offerings. So I, you know, that like to me feels really witchy and earth priestessy. I mean, I, I, you know, I consider myself an earth priestess and I do love celebrating with ritual, you know, like whether it's just something simple like candles or right. um, some kind of offering, uh, using water for cleansing. You know, you can cleanse all of your crystals very specifically to pull out energy, you know, with one direction and then pull in what you're calling for in other directions. So I feel like, you know, at this point in my life, I'm just kind of integrating all of that on a daily basis. Uh, without even thinking about it, because it's just pretty natural. That's just how I live. And I think that that's how things have evolved for me, too, is like back in the day when I didn't have friends like me or the internet, you know, you went to the library for crying out loud, like it was very structured, like, this is what you do, you call in the circle and this, this and this, where like you just said, now it's like, it's more of a ritual. And, and I do see that in the in modern times as people are adapting things that work for them and using their own inner powers to make something come to fruition or be manifested. Um, what are some of your go-to tools that you like to use? Hmm. Um, well, like I said, I always like nature is my go-to tool. And right, so, I, you know, I will often just be in nature and just allow myself to be inspired in the moment. I'm really big into earth altars. So I love um, collecting things that I find in the forest or, or, you know, wherever I am, and then actually creating like an earth 
um, mandala, and um, that can be really powerful. It's kind of like this beautiful offering to the earth and feels really magical. A, I also like, um, yeah, I mean, like I've got no shortage of oracle cards in this house. And I go through phases, like sometimes that feels really resonant and strong, just like tarot. And then I'll go through big phases where I don't want to do that. I just, you know, I think part of being a witch is really following <clears throat> that inner impulse and, and not just doing things because it becomes habit or like rote. It's because you're actually feeling that, that energy, that impulse to do it. And like we talked about crystals and I'm certainly um, like some of my tools are books. There's so many amazing books, like the whole idea of being a witch and um, the many facets of what that could be and can be. Uh, there's so many amazing books out there. And I'll list some in the show notes for those of you who might be interested in expanding your library. But I use those as tools too to be inspired and learn something new that, you know, might spark my curiosity to to incorporate into my life. How about you? Um, always for me, even back when I was doing, you know, spell work, candles, Mm. I always have a candle, the, the, the light of the flame, um, incense, sage, sages of sorts. And then like my, always the divine, um, intervention of the guidance from tarot cards has always been really huge for me and still is. And if you listen to our previous episode, um, we talked about how in the temple I do a monthly tarot reading and, I'm old school tarot <laughs> and I still am very like, this is what this means. Fuck my in intuition. I mean, they kind of merge together. <laughs> they very much do. But for me, it's very important to know like, this is what this card actually means. And this is how, where my intuition comes into it. Um, I have all sorts of things in my house though. And a lot of people don't know this because I just don't fucking tell them, but I have a Ouija board from um, 1969. It's locked downstairs in a cabinet because that sucker is full of, um, some juju that is that always gives me funny feelings and there's definite portals to the other side in my house and uh, some of the spirits did not like that board being down there so I've locked it away and it actually came from my grandma's house on my mom's side and I used to play with it as a kid and I've had it for a really long time so it's it's been around the block and it's got some vibes and I don't even I don't touch it I don't fucking touch it now and I will not because I know how much the dead love me. So like no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. Actually, as you say that, that also reminds me that there's certain things that have been passed on to me from my family that feel very important to me from a magic perspective. Like I can tell that they hold a certain power and potency yes. and that might be incorporated in my ritual as well. What kind of things have been passed down to you? Um, like certain objects that were important, like even if it was something like a piece of jewelry or a memento, um, you know, I have some, my great grandmother was a potter and she made all these really great things. And some of them feel really extraordinarily magical to me. And so, uh, I like those things, um, like particularly from my mom's side of the family, which, you know, they, they escaped Germany uh, from the Nazis. There weren't like, they're not that many things. Right. So, um, so those things actually feel really powerful because they connect me to my lineage. And, you know, I have no doubt that, you know, I was a Jewish witch in many multiple lifetimes. Um, and so like having those objects, I can just feel the energy in them and that I like that because it, it makes me feel connected to my ancestry. 
Yeah. And bringing up jewelry, even like I have my very specific pieces that I have to wear. And I feel in my soul that I wear it as like, it's my protection, but also my power. Like I don't leave my house without my rings on, even though I'm not wearing them when I'm in the house. And then I have very specific like gem or crystal type necklaces. Like this one I always have on was made by a friend, Carrie, and it's a moonstone wrapped in pure silver. And I wear that sucker all over the place. And it's a calming effect to me. And I mean, that is what moonstone is one of the properties that it does for you but it's kind of like my totems my my things that I need and that is set it like somewhere deep in my ritualistic needs so to speak beautiful yeah these are important objects and you don't really think about it like or discuss it for that matter like sorry we, we, we can't leave I got to go put my rings on and they're like well the fuck you're not married why are you putting your rings on you know like <laughs> you don't really say these things out loud and we just kind of mentally do them and like even from a standpoint like I read people I read on like Instagram a lot there are tons of witches by the way on Instagram um, TikTok you name it but they're like you know you can even manifest and do spell work while you're counter while you're clockwise stirring your coffee in the morning like ritual is just so huge and whatever feels right to you you can do it and you can achieve results. And I think that that is just so fantastic. And in this digital age that we live in and how people actually want to share, as opposed to coming from different decades where we're very keeping our secrets in, I really love that aspect of sharing with social media, especially in the realm of like magic and Wicca. I'm so happy you shared that because I think there's a misconception that, you know, in order to be a witch, you know, it has to be complicated or you have to maybe have like studied under somebody or, you know, that there's these boxes that have to be checked off. Your ritual needs to be complicated. It's none of that. Like if you feel that within you, if you feel that kind of witchy vibe and that will feel unique to you, then yeah, like own it. And, and ritual can be simple to be powerful. Like exactly like you said, like stirring your coffee, like clockwise is the direction of calling things in and counterclockwise is a direction of like pulling things out. Like that's it. Doesn't have, I mean, it can be complicated, can be gorgeous and beautiful and like amazing, but it doesn't have to be, to be powerful. So um, what you believe in your, in your core, (laughs) if you believe it and you are making these rituals and, and, you know, doing these things, even writing stuff on paper and burning the paper afterwards. Like that's, that's magic. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it is radical. I mean, I think we sometimes think like, oh yeah, I'm just burning a piece of paper, but you know, think back to our grandmothers or even before that, like to do something like that was, was pretty fucking radical. And so just don't, um, yeah, don't minimize any of these things. They 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 are extremely powerful. No matter what you do, if it feels aligned and it speaks to you, then absolutely go for it. Yeah. So we want to know: Are you a practicing witch? How deep do you go? Are you doing spell work? Are you more laid back like me? Are you a baby witch? Do you want to be a baby witch? Wondering where to start. Anything and everything. Let's keep this conversation going. You can find all of our contact info in our socials. Um, before we wrap up, Carla, anything else you want to add to the topic of how we got witchy? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about, I just wanted to share this story. Um, of course you probably felt the same way, but of course, when the Harry Potter series went out, I kind of lost my mind and I was like, why, why wasn't Hogwarts? Why, why can't I go to Hogwarts? Why wasn't that? (laughs) (laughs) 
And um, so for one Christmas and so how old would my son have been? Maybe he was like seven or eight. And he, he and I were reading the Harry Potter series together. It was kind of our thing, which was awesome. And um, a friend made me like a certificate, which was an invitation to Hogwarts. Oh my goodness. Like, you know, he'd been accepted and he was going to go and, and then like put, you know, a a wax seal on it. And I was so excited to give this to him because I thought like, you know, if I was his age, I would have lost my mind. So of course he opens it on Christmas day and starts to read it and breaks down in tears. No, he really thought he had to be sent away to Hogwarts. Like, I don't want to go to Hogwarts. (laughs) He's probably only thinking of like the the dementors and the bad shit that you read him in that in that moment, I felt really bad because I felt like I'd ruined <laughs> Christmas. And then I also thought, is this kid my son? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I don't want to go. I was going to ask you, did you tie it to the dog to bring it into the house? Stuffed owl and I threw it across the room. <laughs> <laughs> Incoming! <laughs> so, um... But, you know, he's ne- he's 17 now. And I think looking back on it, that if he'd had, had a chance to go to Hogwarts, he would have been all over it. Yeah, you should pro- probably ask him that. <laughs> you ever sad we didn't really actually send you off to Hogwarts? <laughs> That's a really, really cute story. I love that. And I, it goes to show that magic is everywhere from in our imaginations right to the outside world all around us. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. So true. Uh, so next time we are bringing back, I was today years old, but guess what? It's the pussy edition. That's like Carla's favorite word. Pussy, 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 pussy. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Cunt and slut are pretty up there too. (laughs) I know you say pussy a lot though. And I'm always like, that's my tiny cringe word. And I don't know why, but I'm going to just, I'm going to break through it. And I'm just going to start pussying everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as always, I'm little Leah. And I'm Carla. We are the Radical Sex Switches, and we will see you next time. Are you curious about how to liberate your inner witch and experience more pleasure, turn on, and a deeper connection to life? Head over to EmbracingShaktiTemple.com to learn how you can shed old limiting expectations, beliefs, and patterns, and finally let yourself be guided by your inner feminine wisdom and magic.